Hello, everybody. This is Parsha Parsha Vayera, and the Parsha begins with Avram Avinu is recovering from his brismila, and he's sitting Pesach Ha'oyel, and the pasuk says, "Vhu Yoshev Pesach Ha'oyel Kachayim Hayoyim," and he's sitting by the doorway of his tent by the heat of the day. And Rashi brings a medrash. It says, "What does it mean? He's sitting." It says the medrash, "Kadosh Baruch came to be Mevaker Chayla. Kadosh Baruch came to visit Avram to heal him." And Avram Avinu wanted to stand up. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is here. The Shechina is here. He wants to stand up. Hashem says, "No, you sit." And Hashem tells him, "This is going to be a simon. This is a sign for future generations that your children are going to sit in Bezdin. The Dayanim, who are your children, are going to sit while they judge, and I'm going to stand." Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shechina, so to speak, stands in the Bezdin, like we say in Davening, the Shir Shayyim Elikim Nitzav Ba'adas Kel. Hakadosh Baruch Hu stands in the judging in the congregation in the Bezdin when Bezdin judges. So the question is, what in the world does this mean? What is the significance of Klal Yisrael sits while Hashem stands? So the Das Torah of Yerucham Levavitz explains as follows. He says, what does it mean when one person sitting and one person standing? What it means is the person sitting, he's the one who everyone needs him. He's the center, and the people standing are the ones who kind of come up to him and ask him for something. They are dependent, so to speak, on the person sitting. That's what sitting and standing represents. So always a great person is the one sitting, and the people who kind of need him are always the ones standing. HaKadosh Baruch was telling Avram Avinu something very, very powerful. Hashem tells Avram Avinu that there's going to be a time when Klai Yisrael are going to be the ones who, so to speak, they're given the reins, the power to control the Bria, to control the creation. Pasuk tells us in Yerushalmi, says, like, Kel Goymer Alayat, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who makes decisions, so to speak, based upon me. Which is a fundamental principle, which is that when Klai Yisrael, when Bezin makes a decision, Hashem works the world to work around it. If Klai Yisrael decides that this month should be a day with a month of 30 days, and Pesach will fall out a day later, then if someone eats chametz, on the day that Pesach was supposed to fall out, but now Bezin pushed it off, he doesn't get an Aver. It's, it's okay. If someone eats Chametz on the day that Bezin says it's Pesach, he gets punished. It means the spiritual realities of the world are in the reins, in the hands of Kla Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm called, so to speak, you're going to be the one sitting and I'm going to stand. I'm going to let you, Kla Yisrael, run everything. And it's an amazing, amazing, so to speak, responsibility that Kla Yisrael has is that Kla Yisrael as the Tzalem Alekim, they're given the obligation and the power and the schus to run the Bria based on their actions. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch was telling Avram, he and Klai, so his descendants, are going to be the ones sitting. And Hashem will, so to speak, stand around him and let the world work around him. The passage continues. Avram tells these three um, angels who appear to him, as regular, you know, Bedouin passerbys, and he tells them, please come in, wash your feet, take some food, sit down under the tree. And Rashi says, why is he telling them to wash their feet? So Rashi brings the famous Chazal that in those days, the, um, the, there was apparently a religion, the travelers, they would worship the dirt of their feet. Very interesting concept, worshiping the dirt of your feet. So I heard it once a shot that what does it mean to worship the dirt of their feet? means the dirt of their feet symbolized the hustle and bustle that they did to, to, to make their money. How did they make money? They used to trade. They used to travel. And the dirt of their feet, that kind of symbolized this is how they made their buck. And they worshipped it. They worshipped that dirt 
because this is how they made their money. And that was Avodah Zarah. The Avodah Zarah was to believe that the hustling, that's what brings the money, and not to recognize that ultimately Parnassah comes from HaKadosh Baruch After Abravinu sits the Malachim down, they turn to him and they ask him, Aye Sara Ishtecha, where is Sara your wife? Rashi says in the Gemara, that these are angels, these are Malachim, they knew where Sara was. So why are they asking? And Abravinu tells them she's in the tent, and they go, okay, fine, good to know she's in the tent, we're happy. Says Rashi, what was really going on here was something else. The Malachim were trying to point something out to Abravinu. They said, where's Sara your wife? She's not around. That means that what? That means she's tsunua. She's modest. She's not there out in the middle making all the noise. She sits quietly on the side of there in the tent preparing the food, not making herself noticed. Says Rashi, they were doing this to endear her to her husband, to make her more beloved to Avramavinu. He should recognize what a special wife he has. Now, Shalom Wolbe asked a question in his Kuntras on Shalom Bayez. He says, Avramavinu at this point is 99 years old. Sora is 89 years old. You know what I mean? They, they, things are where they are. There's no, we're, not, we're not usually expecting massive romance going on in the 80s and the 90s. So what's going on over here? Says Rishon you see something. that It's never over. Romance is never over, so to speak. A person has to constantly, constantly, constantly work on improving his relationship. And it constantly needs new infusions of excitement and positivity. And that's where the Malachim are coming. Yeah, Malachim came, HaGash Baruch who sent them to throw a compliment to Sarah to make Avram appreciate her more. And this is something that was necessary. It was necessary and something we could all learn from to keep, 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 keep adding and trying and trying to keep growing and never just kind of let things go on the back burner. After the Malachim leaves Sadaim, sorry, after the Malachim leave Avram Avinu, they go ahead and head off to Sadaim to destroy Sadaim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu kind of seems to have a conversation with himself. Pasuk says, Parak Yechaz, Pasuk Yitzayin, V'Hashem Omar, and Hashem said, HaMechase Ani Me'Avram, Am I going to cover up from Avram? Am I going to hide from Avram? Asher Ani Oisei, that which I'm doing. And then Hashem says, No, Avram Yiyah Gagadol Atzim V'Rav, and half a talim. So, seemingly HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this internal debate, whatever that could possibly mean with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should he tell Avram Avinu or not? Why not? Why would Avraham Avinu not need to know? Why should he know? So, there's a, the Ksav Seifer in his introduction to his father's Jewish Chasm Seifer. In one of the volumes, he writes, Ipshat, he says his father, he says that Avraham Avinu really wasn't on the Madrega, on the level that he was supposed to be, he was worthy to hear this Nevuah. Apparently, each Nevuah is different, different Madrega person has to be on. And for some reason, HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt that Avram Avinu was not on the Madriga that he was worthy to hear this Nevoah. And that's why Hashem considers not telling him. Maybe I should, not, I, shouldn't, I should hide it from him. So why does he tell him in the end? Says the Chasm because the only reason why Avram Avinu wasn't on the right Madriga, it was because he spent so much of his time giving over to others. He spent so much of his time sitting there trying to makar of others and serving them under the trees and trying to get everyone to recognize who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was. The only reason Avravina wasn't the highest Madriga that he should be was because he gave up of himself to others. Says the Gash Baruch, if a person gives up of himself to others, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to give him Madriga. So he, even though he's not there, but I'm going to give him a gift and give him way more than he, so to speak, is at the level to understand. And he says this really open Pasuk in Tehillim, which we say in Kabbalah Shabbos, which is, Tzadik Katomor Yifrach. A righteous person 
katamar, like a palm tree, yifrachi will sprout. Which means that a tzaddik can sometimes be like a tamar, be like a palm tree. A palm tree is a tree which it gives shade, it gives fruit. But ke'erez, like a cedar tree, which is way, way taller, balavan and yizge, he's going to be masig, he's going to acquire, he's going to have hasagas, he's going to have understandings, which the height of an eras. Why? Because he gave that fruit, because he gave that shade to others, Akash Baruch Hu gives him a gift and he allows him to see so much more and know so much more and reach so much higher madregas because whatever he gave, he gave to other people. So Akash Baruch Hu gives him a gift and Akash Baruch Hu takes care of him. It's something we have to keep in mind always, which is that no matter how much we give to others, we never think that we're hurting ourselves. Wherever we give to others, Akash Baruch Hu gives us back and more as a gift because of what we give to other people. He davens for Saddam. He davens and he davens and he davens. And ultimately, Saddam falls short. Saddam doesn't even have those nine tzaddikim that can save Saddam. And the question Dibna Magan asks is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the future. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows that there's no nine tzaddikim in Saddam. So why is he telling Avram Avinu about Saddam? He wants Avram Avinu to daven, and he knows it's not going to help anyway. So what's the point of the whole thing? What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want out of all this? Says the Dibna Magid, you got to look at the Pasuk carefully. Akash Baruch Hu says, I'm going to tell Avram you know why? Because I know, He's going to command his children and his household after him, that even when he dies, his kids are going to keep up the Messiah of Klal Yisrael. And they are going to watch the way of Hashem, etc. Says the Magad, Baruch Hu says, I know Avraham is going to have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. He's going to build a nation that goes in Derech Hashem. They need to have an inheritance. They need to have a lot of schusim to keep them through. So I'm going to tell Avraham Avinu about Saddam. And Avraham is going to daven and daven and daven and daven his heart out. And it's not going to help. But all those tefillahs, they're going to stay there. They're going to stay up there. And every time a, a Yidin Kalayisro gets in trouble, he taps into that trust fund, which Avraham Avinu left for him, by davening for Saddam. And this is something, says Dibna Mag, which you have to always remember. We never know where our tefillahs go. We daven for something, it doesn't happen. That tefillah stays there and it comes and it hooks us up when we need it, even if we don't know about it. So no tefillah is ever wasted. And every time we daven, we have to recognize that the tefillahs get saved and they come and they help us, they help our generations, and nothing ever gets wasted. After Avram Avinu finishes davening, it says, Avram Avinu went back to his place. So the Gemara and Brachas learns out a halacha from here, that Avram Avinu had a specific place where he would daven, a makam kavua, a place which he would always use to daven. And the Gemara says, anybody who does this as well, anybody who's kaveya, a makkah in Litfilasa. He establishes a set place when he davens, he davens here. And the halakha and shachanarach is that a person can have multiple places where he davens. A person can daven in one shul during the week, one shul on Shabbos. And a person could even have a makkah kavu in his house where at times, if he some reason has to daven at home, he has a makkah kavu. But the halakha is that a person has to have a place that when he's davening in this area, whether it's his shul or his house, this is where he davens. This is his spot where he davens. It's a place where he doesn't get disturbed in. It's a place where he can focus, and he goes there, and this is where I daven. Says the Gemara, a person who does this, a person who defines a zone, a place where he davens, high chassid, high onov, high tzaddik, high tamad, the Gemara heaps praises upon praises upon such a person. He's a chassid, he's a tzaddik, he's an onov, he's a tamad of Avram Avinu. 
And the, the Mepharshim struggle, it doesn't seem to be the biggest deal, you know. If you tell a guy, a guy gives meiser, he gives 10% of his income, you tell him, you tzadik, hai chaser, okay, that makes sense, it's expensive. 10% is a lot of money. 20% for sure is a tzadik. Why is a guy who, who makes it makm kavua for his davening, why is that called hai tzadik, hai anav, hai chaser? So I heard once a shot from T. Pesach Frank, the hard Tzvi, he said a shot, which is that, you know, a guy goes to a shul, he comes to a shul, it's a great shul, he loves a shul, but then the Gabe forgets to give him aliyah by his father's yard site, and then the rabbi speaks too long, and the, the herring wasn't the right type, and eventually things get on his nerves, and he leaves the shul because there's a much better shul down the block. Sure enough, he goes there, and then the kids' program there isn't the way it was in the first shul, and the guy next to him is so annoying, etc., etc., and he ends up leaving to the third shul, and then the fourth shul, and the fifth shul. Says our Pesach, Frank, a guy who can stick it out on one shul, a guy who has a makam kavua where he can just stick it out and daven, hai onov, hai chosid, hai tzadik, hai mavinu. Yeah, it takes a lot of tzitka, it takes a lot of patience and perseverance to be able to stick it out in one place and deal with problems. That's one shot, they say. The morale says a little different. The morale says, shot is like this. He says, there's a difference between something's kavua and something is not kavua. When a person wants to attach something to a wall, so there's two ways to do it. He can either try to just like glue it to the wall, tape it, and you know, try to stick it to the wall. But then the second someone walks by and hits it with his shoulder, it comes knocked off the wall, it goes flying. But then you can be kaveya it. You can really attach it to the wall. You can drill a hole, you can make a socket, and you can put it into the wall the way that's actually, it's kavua, it's, it's planted in there. It's set into that wall. A person can have a relationship with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. He can have it in a way that's not kavua, it's not set. It's, you know, some days yes, some days not, some places here, some places there. Then a person can have a place, this is where I daven. There's a hole which I stick my peg in there and I, I fit, I belong. This is my davening spot. And this is where I connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When a person's kaveya himself, he says, I have a place where I connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then he's planted, he's rooted, and he can tap into all the things that Avram Avinu inherited the Kalah he taps into something much bigger because he's connected. He's plugged in. And that's why the Gemara says, a guy who's kaveya makonotivilasai, he has a gap which he can plug himself into when he davens. He made himself a place where this is my spot and I daven here. This is where I sit, where I daven. And when I'm not there, I'm not davening because when I, I have to daven there. Then that person taps in to everything Avramavinu built into Klai Yisrael. Hai tzadik, hai chasid, hai anov, hai tamachal Avramavinu. I want to end off with one last vart. You know the end of the parsha is the parsha of the Akedah, the ultimate Nisayan, the ultimate test Aravinu has to pass. And there's a Ramban there in the beginning when the Pasuk says HaKash Baruch Hu, Hashem wanted to, be min, to test Avram. He says a very fundamental thing. He says, whenever we have ideas of Hashem testing somebody in the Torah, HaKash Baruch Hu knows the future. He knows what a person is going to do. So the idea of testing by Hashem can be to see a result. Kodesh knows the result. So he says, a person has to understand that an Akash Baruch Hu is testing somebody. It's not about Akash Baruch Hu knowing the result. That Akash Baruch Hu already does. Every Nisayin in the Torah, says the Ramban, is really L'toivas HaMenusa. It's for the good of the person being tested. How so? Because what happens is, when a person gets tested by Akash Baruch Hu, means Akash Baruch Hu knows that the person has inside him the capabilities to pass the test. It's just that they're latent, they're in potential, they're in bekoyach and not bepoyel. 
So God Baruch puts a person through a certain test or through a struggle to bring that out, to, for the person to take whatever he has inside him and to bring it out and to have it full, fully expressed in himself. And the person changes. The person grows and changes from that in the sign. And the Meshachach says, if you look in the beginning of Parshish Lechacha, that's really what HaKash Baruch tells Avram. Lechacha al art asher areka. Go to the land which I'll show you. It says the Meshachach, our echo really means something else. It means the land where I'll be able to show you of our echo. I'll be able to show others you. I'll say, look, this is Avram Avinu. Look what he's become. Look how he's changed. Look what he's managed to accomplish. Our echo. I'll be able to show people what a person, what a human being can accomplish, what an Adam Hashalim looks like. So every time we go through an assignment, we have to recognize that it's for our sake and it's to bring out everything good that we have inside us and to bring that out to its completion. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos.